0: Friend and pastor. You want this? Uh, either way, or not. It on yeah, yeah, yeah? Awesome. Whew. I am I have been totally undone tonight again. Then I get to go try to preach through that. Um <sighs> Where's Pete? (laughs) Upright bass. That just rocks. I love it. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Uh, (laughs) So good. And um, what else? I had a couple really little things I was going to say. That was one of them. I just wanted to to fill you in on this week. uh, I hosted... or or met with and hosted a a bunch of pastors from the Tri-Valley region for a prayer summit that was Tuesday and Wednesday up at uh, San Damiano in um, Danville. And it was awesome. Uh, There was, I think, 11 total, which, um, you know, on the one hand, it's like we wish there were a few more, but I'm telling you, it went deep, deep, deep. And um, uh, for those of you that know David Kim, he brought his guitar and was leading worship, and that alone took us places. So the 11 pastors that were there were from, from four, the four cities in the Tri-Valley, the tri there were pastors represented from each city. That, that was just a great start. It had been probably 15 years or so since we had a prayer summit together. And so that's a big deal. Um, God is doing something. In fact, in fact, a month ago or so, we had a lunch where we just reached out and invited a bunch of the other pastors, and I think we had 25 pastors show up. Um, so something, something's shifting. There's a big shift going on. I want to encourage you with that. I'm, I am still, Karina was coming up to me and saying, is it okay that, you know, we're okay time-wise? And I was thinking, I'm really glad I didn't have to jump right up there because I was, that would have been hard. Um, all right, let me ask you this question. I, I got kind of two little, too, too many messages. Too many messages, not too many, too many you might think I have too many, but <laughs> the first the first is this. Let me start with this. How many of you, if I were to ask you, if you're, if I were to ask you, are you really going through it? You know, stuff is flying, feeling out of control. Um, even as I say this, I see the anxiety level just start to go <laughs> up in the room. How many of you say, yeah, that's that's me? Yeah. Um, I, I know that I wasn't really asking for hands. That's why I kind of did this, but I... I if I cause some of you wouldn't raise your hand no matter what I said <laughs> no matter how true it was. And I, I I'm betting I'm betting honestly, you know, ninety percent, seventy-five at least. Um next week if I asked the same question, it'd be about seventy-five to ninety percent. The week after that, about the same. You know, what's up with that? Isn't 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 God coming? Isn't Jesus doing more and more? Absolutely he is. No, he's he's doing stuff. It's just that somehow as Christians we got this idea that the closer we get to God, life doesn't have problems. You know, there's no issues, nothing's out of control. I that's just not life. That's that's um here here's the thing. Do you remember? Okay, you guys just sang this. Be careful what you sing. You ready for this? You just sang this, all of you, because you love this song. Constant through the trials and the change, one thing remains. Your love never fails. It never gives up, never runs out on me. Sing it again. Your love never fails. It never runs out on me. Right? You just sang it. Here's here's the deal. Um, I'm going to read you something. <sighs> out of the Bible. I'm going to read out of the Bible. Let's, <laughs> let's pick that book tonight. I like that one. James... Oh, James, 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 James. Why does he have to be so real? He says, (laughs) My brothers, my sisters, (laughs) I want you to consider it a great joy. Everyone say, (laughs) Woohoo! When trials of many kinds come upon you. For you well know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. All right, you've heard me say this probably. That word Greek, hupomeno, means hanging in there under pressure. Let me tell you, that that doesn't sound very fun, really, if you think about it. But it produces perseverance. Perseverance must complete its work. In other words, you're not going to get around this one is what that's saying. It must complete its work so that you will become fully developed, complete, and not deficient in any way. See, that's part of the deal. And I am telling you, and most of you know this, you grow the most through the tough stuff. Uh, It doesn't feel like it in the middle of it, it doesn't feel like you are God's success story when you're in the middle of this thing, that God's actually growing you. It doesn't often feel like it, but you are. We have, a, we have some plants. Uh, we have a lot, of, a lot of plants around our house. Um, but in the front yard, we grow a bunch of roses. Love roses. They're actually a lot of work because you got to keep deadheading them and all that for more roses to come out. There's, there's a lot of things about roses, but I love them. They're beautiful, and um, I'm telling you this because uh, we have we have probably about eight eight rose bushes in our front yard that that are beautiful, uh, but the last couple of years they've been kind of sparse. They've been not not as much roses growing, and I'm going, what's going on? And then it dawned on me that when we started growing these things, we were really good early on about giving them the chicken manure when they needed it um, because it causes them to grow like crazy. It just, it just does. There's some, you, you know, botanists out there, you would know the reason why. I don't need to know the reason why. I just know if you do it, it works. And uh, I just took a picture today before coming. Let me see if this, let me see. Ah, uh, it's not working. Can you forward it for me, Steve? Okay. This is just one of them. And honestly, you, could, you can't see, but there are even a bunch of buds all through that thing. They are exploding this year. Because a few months ago, we put manure all around the base of it. Is anybody getting this yet? God is a master gardener. I'm dead serious here. He's a master gardener who knows how to get good results out of your life. And I'm just telling you this right here. Picture it explains the verse I just read to you. Now I want I want to tell you there's, there's two things. Um, there's two different aspects to the trials that we go through. One of them is because of really poor decisions that we make ourselves. Like, we cannot blame, some. you got to be honest, some of the trials that we go through, it's, it's our own messes that we made through some really bad choices. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I made a really bad choice two days ago. I'm going to share something with you that is a, a little bit embarrassing. You have to look really closely to see this right here. I have a big red mark here. Only one person has asked me so far if Suzanne finally got fed up with me and let me have it. The answer is no, <laughs> and don't worry, Julia. I won't tell her who said it <laughs> so, so what happened is? I actually cook a lot. I love cooking and um but I learned something that I will never do again um. So I was cooking quinoa, which for some of you, it's like rice, only now better for you. Of course, there's always the next thing that's better for you, right? Anyway, um, so I'm cooking it. And one of the things, whether it's rice or quinoa, is sometimes when you look, you can't really tell, is it cooked all the way down or not? So one of the things I have learned to do is listen. It's true. I've done this many times, successfully. You listen, because if it's still boiling, you'll hear it. And if it's not, you'll know it's done. That is a way you can do it. Only this is the first time ever that instead of taking off the lid and then listening, I put my ear down and then lifted the lid. Why are you laughing at me? (laughs) Here's the good news. It doesn't hurt at all doesn't hurt at all. Jesus is restoring it. We're, we're good. The point of that was, if I choose to do that again, that's, that's, that's my trial that I get to relive over and over again if I really want to keep making that choice again. See, but Jesus has freed us from making bad choices. He really has. We don't often believe it. We think that sin tells us what we have to do. That's not true at all. That's not true at all. Go back and read Romans 6 especially, and it's going to tell you that actually Jesus defeated all of that for you, and now we're coming into agreement with just how powerful we really are to make really good choices as sons and daughters of the king. So I'm telling you that because we can blame everything. We can play the victim role and say, I don't know why my life's in shambles, when a lot of times it's really poor decisions that we keep making over and over. Now, that's one but I already told you the good news, that Jesus has defeated that for you. As we look to him and say, Jesus, tell me who I am. Jesus, you be my compass. Is this a good choice or not? No, I don't want to keep making that choice. But there's a second part of the trials we go through that has nothing to do with choices you make or don't make. It's, it's stuff around you. It's life. It's things that are completely out of your control. It's choices that the government makes or fill in the blank, you know or your next-door neighbor, <laughs> whatever. You know what I'm saying? There's things that are out of your control. And um, so, so what do you do there? I want you first, I, I bet you anybody in this room, I, any one of you, if you go back three days max, you can think of a trial. Something may not be huge, but something you're going through that where you feel out of control because it's out of your, you can't do anything about it. It's happening around you, right? So think about that. And here's the question I want you to ask is, Jesus, where are you in the midst of this? Because he's in it. Because he promised he'd use all things for your good. Go ahead and ask him, Jesus, where are you in the midst of this trial? Ask him. Out loud. Because you're thinking about it. You just thought about it. So, So we're not telling each other secrets right now. You're just asking Jesus, where are you in the midst of that trial? That's where he's training us. This is where he's changing us. Because, again, a victim stays in that place of, well, I have no control over this. Therefore, you know, my life stinks. And I, what am I supposed to do about it? That's not who you are. You are powerful ones in the Lord. And he promised you that he would be with you through it all. In, in other words, he's with you no matter what it is you're going through, guaranteed. So a great question is, Jesus, where are you in the midst of this? I need to see you. I need to know and, and, and believe, you know, you're not going to have it all figured out. That's where we, we try to keep it in our brains. If I could just figure this whole thing out. Well, you can't. If it's out of your control, you can't. So instead, why don't you look and see where Jesus is and let him walk through it with you because he's going to grow you through it. He will, he will, he will. It's just a great word right there. One more, please. I, this isn't working. I'll just, I'll just do this, okay? Um, so believe it or not, that was, oh, not yet. Back up. There we go. Uh, believe it or not, that was, the, that was the end of my mini message. One. And um, that wasn't even planned before I walked in here, but I just was feeling it tonight. Because some of you, let me just say this. Some of you that are feeling the external stuff, um, you think it's all you, and you're saying, what is my problem? How come I don't have more faith? Why am I, why am I why so downcast, oh, my soul? We could join in with David's psalm, right? And yet what you're feeling, a lot of what you're feeling is what's in the atmosphere. It's what the Lord is breaking into. And we can't make it. We can't make it happen. We can't make his breakthrough happen. Like tonight, I was totally undone in this worship service. I'll tell you more in, a little later. We can provide an environment where we say, God, we want you and Holy Spirit have your way, but we can't make those things happen. That was a gift. And I don't know about any of you, but I did a lot of things getting here today. I could start telling you the stories. But by the time I was here worshiping at the beginning, I was still in a 100 different directions. My mind was all over the place. And yet every time we gather, it's different every time, but every time he comes in some extraordinarily special way and starts meeting with us because we've been we've created an environment where, he, where we want him and we're not going to shut him out. Because honestly, we don't, have, we don't have any other option. The other option is, let me make this service something that makes everybody here feel comfortable. Um, that wouldn't even work anyway, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest here. We're all very different. So that's not even going to work anyway, but that'd be the only other option. But we've said, no, Lord, we want you to be comfortable. That's what we've said. So I want to release. I'm just going to pray a prayer at ending this first part just to release you. I just want to speak over. Right now I'm speaking over your soul, which is that part of you that feels the emotions and that the angst that your mind goes through trying to work over problems over and over. And I speak peace. I speak peace to your soul. I speak the shalom of heaven over you. And I'm declaring that some of the things you are feeling are in the atmosphere and that God is saying to you, as you cry out, even sometimes when you're saying, Lord, what's wrong with me? I hear him saying, nothing. There's, it's, you're feeling what many are feeling, and you're crying out to me is what's causing a breakthrough. You're the one calling out to my heart that's, that's coming in and breaking through this and bringing the release and bringing the freedom to my kids. In fact, for many of you, it would be good for you to ask, God, is this, is this just me going through this? Or is this I'm feeling something that's, you know, a lot of people are feeling? Because if you can get clarity on that, you'll know better how to pray. So thank you. Thank you, God, that you promised us you would go through this with us. You promised us, God, you were doing a good work. That what you started, you are bringing to completion. Now, to him who is able to keep you from falling, to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, that's what he promised you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are our constant helper, shepherd, friend, father, brother. There's so many, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, there's so many ways that we could talk about how you walk through this with us. Thank you that we are never alone. You couldn't leave us alone. Not possible. Not possible. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, I'm taking a break. Yeah, so part two is that we're going to go from this realm of what we're experiencing right here to this realm, which is what's going on in the, the heavens above us. I wanna, I wanna read uh, next one. Thanks. This is from Genesis one fourteen. Actually, it says King James version, but that's not true. I changed it to a different version. I can't remember which one. So, just trying to be honest, though, it's not King James. Um, and God said, "Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be for for what for signs and for seasons." and for days, and for years. Now, we got the days thing pretty good, right? Most of us wake up when the sun comes out, you know? And you, and most of us, anyway. And then at night we go to bed, most of us. But anyway, we understand how the days work. The years, we actually understand that because of the seasons. We get that there's different seasons that come because of the the shorting, shortening and the lengthening of days and all that kind of stuff. But what about the signs in the seasons? I mean, seasons also. Winter, spring, summer, fall, but also seasons, other seasons of life. It's bigger than just uh, just the four seasons. But also the signs. What signs? What signs is the Lord giving in the sky? Um, I want to, uh, let's, let's go to the next one. Um, this is what's coming up next week. Some of you, a lot of you know about this. Some of you don't. I, we're just going to talk about it a little bit. Um, So if you look at the top right corner, there's a total eclipse of the moon, which that picture shows you what that'll look like. It'll look like a blood moon is what they call it. Um, It's coming up um, April 15th, which is uh, the start of the Passover. Um, Approximately 1230 at night is the best time to see it. Unless there's massive cloud cover, we're going to see it really well in this part of the world in just a couple days. Unusual, very unusual, though that it's going to happen four times in uh, in this year and next. It's going to happen on October eighth, twenty fourteen. It's going to happen on April fourth, twenty fifteen, and September twenty eighth, twenty fifteen. In that time period, there's going to be two solar eclipses in twenty fifteen. I don't want to go in. There's some great websites on all this stuff. You can look at all this. I'm not going to go into it all because there's plenty out there. It's extremely unusual. And other times when things like this have happened is when Israel became a nation. It's a six-day war. Um, There's been some extremely significant things that have happened in history. Now, what's going on? Um, I will tell you tonight, I'm not going to tell you what this all means. I'm smart enough not to do that. But I am telling you, there's something bigger going on. There's someone bigger than me. Holy, holy. Now, here's the really unusual thing. Four of them in in two years is very unusual. But the fact that they all are happening on a major Jewish holiday. Passover this year, which starts in a couple days. Sukkot. On, April, on August 8th, and then again, Passover and Sakat. So let's talk about that for a moment, because I think it's extremely significant. We have been talking, I have been telling you, in my knower, my, my spirit that knows what it knows, even when my head can't tell you why, that we crossed over into an entirely different place in the, in the last few months, where some of the things we've been crying out for for decades are upon us. It's no longer um, hang in there because it's coming, something good's coming, harvest is coming. It's like, no, we've entered into, it's, it's here. It's here, and of course, it's going to keep expanding. It's going to keep coming. How do I know that? I can't tell you how I know it, except that I know that I know that I know that it's true. Then on February 14th, Bob Jones dies. We had a very powerful service that night here fact, do you remember we moved from victim to conqueror, or I don't know if that's the right word, powerful, victim to powerful, very powerful night, and we had and reminded you that when Bob Jones, a very prominent prophet, when he went to, um, he actually died and saw Jesus in, I think it was 1976, 75, um, it wasn't his time yet, and Jesus asked him, did you learn how to love? Pretty big key right there. For that's worth its weight in gold right there. If you get nothing else tonight, sends him back, and but he said to to uh, Jesus said to Bob, but before you come back to me for good, you know this before you come back to heaven for good, you are going to see the beginning of the billion soul soul harvest. Well, February fourteenth, Valentine's Day. Did you learn to love? Bob goes home to be with Jesus for good. We're we're in the beginning of this huge harvest that's coming in. Why is this significant? Passover. Passover. Um, let's go to let's go to the next slide, Steve. Passover is a celebration of the Jewish people of when they were in Egypt and the the, the last of the curses that was going to come and because Pharaoh wouldn't set God's people free. I'm hoping you remember the story. If not, I'm telling you just little bits and pieces. You go, oh, yeah, I think it's sixth grade. I remember that story. Um, if any of you grew up in church. Anyway, otherwise, just trust me that um, at the last the last uh, curse on, was, to, uh, was the angel of death was coming and, and killing the firstborn, but the Jewish people were instructed, if you will put the blood of the lamb over the doorposts, that angel will pass over you. That's just like, we could just stop there for the rest of the night. Right there, Selah. (sighs) See, I'm just feeling it. I'm about to cry. Um, Yay. (laughs) Because Jesus is here. He totally loves us. He is the Passover lamb. The Bible says that before the foundation of the earth, the lamb was slain. In other words, when Jesus came here, he knew good and well what he was here for. He was here to be the one Passover lamb that would forever put the blood over the doorposts of our lives so that the angel of death would never take us. That's awesome. That's why Jesus said, that's why Jesus said in, in John uh, chapter 11 that you will never die. Did you know he said that? I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will never die. How is that possible? Because you're going from life to more life. That thing called death that we're fearing for you who believe in Jesus does not exist. You will never taste it. He tasted it for you. He took it for you. So why is it significant? Two of these signs in the sky are associated with Passover. Jesus came back to Passover knowing it was his final week on the earth. He knew good and well what he was here for. He knew it wasn't the first Passover when he started his ministry. It wasn't the second one, but the third one, God's perfect timing. This is the time. I'm going to go back to Jerusalem, and it's the last time. I'm not not leaving there because this is what I was born for. So two of these signs in the sky are pointing to the sacrifice of Jesus that sets us free. What about what about Sakat? Oh, you can go one more slide. Yeah, this was, oh, okay. Got to read this. Got to read this because it's just, this rocks. We We absolutely, we just sang this tonight. When we stopped and lingered for a while and then Todd came back in Day and night, night and day, let incense arise. That's when we went to that whole different place. And, and let me read this first, and then I'm going to tell you what I experienced when Todd and the worship team took us there. This is Revelation. I'm going I'm to go back just so you see that it's... Um, I'm going to go back another verse to verse 8. Boy. It's the whole chapter, but we're just going to go. We're going to talk about there was 24 elders. Each one of them was holding a harp and had a golden bowl full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new hymn. You, they're singing to Jesus, you are worthy to take the scroll and to break its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you bought people for God of every race, every language, every people, every nation, and you made them a line of kings and priests for God to rule the world. In my vision, I heard the sound of an immense number of angels gathered around the throne, and the living creatures and the elders. There were 10,000 times ten thousand of them, and thousands upon thousands, way more than Paul knew how to count. They were loudly chanting, I'm sorry, I said Paul, John, Worthy is the lamb that was sacrificed to receive power and riches and wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessing. Worthy is the lamb. And then I heard all the living things in creation. All the living things in creation. That would be like everything. Everything that lives in heaven and on the earth and under the earth. That's pretty all-inclusive. And in the sea, they were crying to the one seated on the throne and to the lamb, all, be all praise, be all honor, be all glory and power forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, amen. I heard that one, Doug. And the elders prostrated themselves to worship. That's what we entered into tonight. And you're saying, wait a minute, isn't that reserved from heaven? Yes. Where does Ephesians chapter 2 say you are seated? With Christ Jesus in heavenly places. That means we absolutely get tastes of heaven right here. Now, here's the thing, though, and I'm with you when I say this. Most of us, we are looking for Jesus to, like, massively appear right before us. Some people can see him Clearer than others. But we all would love to see that, right? Here's here's where we get a little bit tripped up because we're looking for some of the things that we're going to see so clearly in heaven. But right now we see in part. But I want to tell you, we actually have a lot more of heaven right here than we know. Do you know what happened to me tonight? When we were in this place in worship and we went back to worthy and holy and we were in this heavenly place, I, I totally got taken there and I was bawling. I was weeping because... In heaven, the saints of God are all worshiping the lamb together, right? This is what I saw. It was, it's like if you could see, a, I was trying to think of how to sh- share this with you, like a halftime show at a Super Bowl. They're going to show a bunch of different camera angles, or are they not? Sometimes it's going to be right on the, the artist, right? Other times, though, where are they, where are they panning? Out to the crowds, I don't know if you're getting this before I'm saying it. I'm going to be singing with you in heaven. We are all going to be facing the lamb, and we were already doing that. Heaven was already here because that's where the angle of the camera was pointed right then. Did you want to get up here and preach? Come here. <laughs> No, I encourage <laughs> those of you who know me know that I meant that. Like I wanted to get up here and preach, because uh, when she does, the lion is loose. Um, and um, but earlier, I did. She shared with me what was going, on and I said, "You got to get up there and share that." And she did. So, uh, but do you get this? Like this is real. We are experiencing heaven. I shared this story a few a, a month or two ago, a month ago. But but one time when I was in prison, I, I was I was I was worshiping with the inmates. I was there to minister to them. And I started I started. We're good. We're, did I say that right? I'm there to minister to them. But if I was in prison, that would have been okay too. Jesus would still love me. Okay? All right. Just want to get all. Get all this straight, okay? So I'm there worshiping with these guys, and suddenly I hear Jesus say to me, He points and says, "That's me, and that's me, and that's me, and that's me." And I am just sobbing. I am a mess because we don't realize we're, we're all carrying the glory of God. We 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 are looking into the eyes of Jesus when we look at each other. We're just seeing in part. But it's real. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of heaven right here. Even though I know there's more. We want to see Jesus. We want to see the angels. I get all that. I want that too. But sometimes we overlook the very ones right around us that, is, that are an expression of Jesus right here. That's why, that's why Cindy's has to go into that prayer room and just cry her eyes out over all those young people, in the, you know, Native Americans. Because she's seeing Jesus. She's seeing Jesus come alive. When it says that his glory is going to cover the earth, I I take that in two very different ways. Yes, his presence absolutely covers the earth. But I'm telling you, if you could look at every believer as, as a brilliant source of light on the earth, do you know what's happening across the earth? His glory is covering the earth. Because it's filling us more and more and more are coming to Jesus. His glory is covering the earth. I so wanted to read this and I and I forgot earlier. Okay. Pause button. Okay, later later our sound texts are gonna they're gonna perfectly weave this back where it belonged about twenty minutes ago. I'm having fun. I hope you are. And if you, and if you don't stay awake. Oh, I'm just kidding. Okay. All right, I'm just kidding. I was telling you about how sometimes circumstances seem like they're just happening and we feel out of control, right? I wanted to share it with you, a quick story and how God answered it. I forgot to include that earlier because I think it's important. Um, one of those is, is uh, okay, okay, about a month ago, on, we were on vacation, and I, I was talking to the Lord about Blazing Fire having its own place. Only this time it really started to get to me, and I started, and I was crying. It was a good cry, but I was crying. You know, Lord, I, I've been here a lot of years. I've been here in this valley 24 years. We've been, you know, I don't know how many. Well, four, 13 years plus this church without without a home of our own. For some of you, you're like, "What's the big deal?" Let me try to give you an example of what it is. It would be you as a renter that's waiting and asking and asking and asking God, I, "I would love to own my own place. God, would you give me that gift?" Only as a renter of the of your house, you don't actually get to live in it. You can only eat meals in it, and then you have to leave again. That's basically what we've been living for 14 years now. I know that sounds a little whinish, you know, a little whiny. You don't hear me talk about it much because the reality is, is we've so kept our eyes fixed on Jesus that that has not become, you know, this pervasive cloud. It, we just keep going. And as you know, sometimes we're in five different locations, you know, in a two-week span doing different stuff. But it was just one of those moments where I was I was super real and vulnerable with the Lord. In fact, that's... Susan, you'll be so glad to hear this because when, when I started crying, I realized, wow, when I pray for our building with our elders or even with Suzanne, I don't weep like, I don't cry like that. I don't cry. And, and I realized, oh, this is vulnerability. This is letting Jesus into that place and being so real with him, not because he doesn't love me because he's not with me, because he's not going to do it. I believe all of those things. Yes, he's with me. He loves me. He's going to do this. But it was just in that moment it was what I was feeling. So it just felt really good to cry. And then a couple days later, I am reading Rob Lacey's version of the Bible, The Word on the Street. I hadn't read this in quite a while. It was like picking up an old friend. And in the book of Colossians, um. There's a couple things I read in here, but it says, it says, um, the liberator, this is, uh, don't even try to find this in your Bible because it won't be anything like what I'm going to read. I'm just warning you. So this is Colossians, uh, uh, chapter two and a little bit in three. Um, the liberator, he calls Jesus, the liberator, the liberator has already taken your death penalty. So there's no case against you. So don't stop being convinced. Don't lose your grip on the good news. Don't jack in your prospects. (laughs) Yeah, you heard it right. The good news got through to you loud and clear. No interference. It's zinging around the airwaves right now, global. And my job is to make sure it keeps on zinging. Now, when I read that, for starters, I went, oh, yeah. You know, you get the revelation all over again. This is so simple. It's just about the good news. And my job is to keep it zinging. I can do that. And the mystery is that the Liberator lives in you. He is your prospect of an extraordinary future. And you all can grab that one. And then a little later, I read, plus your link with the Liberator, Jesus, gives you all you need. He is in charge of the cosmos, you know. And right when I read that, right when I read that, I had a Holy Spirit moment is all I can describe because if you're ever wondering if you feel the Holy Spirit, if if suddenly out of the blue you read something and it just grips you and suddenly you're laughing and crying, that's the Holy Spirit, I'm just telling you, okay? Because that's what happened. I'm like, you know, I'm crying because he's so good and I'm laughing because I'm like, how small do I think you are? You know? And that was that was his answer days later to my to my tears. But it was so good, it was so rich. So I just wanted to give you that because um, I forgot to tell you earlier. yeah. Check this out. Now, now we're back to part two. Okay, fast forward. Now we're back to the signs in the sky. I just told you about the blood, four blood moons, and the two, the two um, eclipses of the sun. Now, and check this out in Acts two. These people are not drunk as you suppose, because they were all seeing. You know, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they're all acting kind of crazy. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days. Can you all just say we are in the last days? days. That is actually very true. I'm not saying that Jesus is coming tomorrow. Only the father knows that. But we're living in the last days because the last days was everything after he died and rose. We're in the last days. But we're also getting to where things are getting heightened for sure. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. This really bugs us. This is going to bug us. When it says that the cross, you know, is an offense, there's things that God does that really offend us, if we're honest. Because when he starts pouring out his flesh on all flesh, it's really going to bug you. Oh, some of you are going, not me. I'm just saying Keep your heart close to the Lord because because he's going to pour it out on people who's, who have lifestyles that you don't agree with, who have who've made really bad choices, who have hurt you. I'm telling you, and when he starts to do that, you're going to go, not him, Lord, not her. <laughs> it does say all flesh, all people. Your sons and your daughters. Now, last week, Jim Paul brilliantly explained this, but I love this, that how the outpouring of the Spirit broke down all of... Broke all the boxes we had of who we think God will touch. So it's men and women. It's time for women to rise up like crazy, by the way. We'll get to that more later. Yeah. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. So throws away the the age class. Going to pour it out. Young, old, doesn't matter. Even on my servants, both men and women, Social classes gone. I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Next. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. you see where this is going that takes us right back to passover right everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved this is all about the harvest i don't know what what all the signs mean but here's what the bible tells us is watch and pray watch and pray because we are coming into some times we have never seen before i'm feeling things inside of me i've never felt before I can't make those things happen. All, all you, can, you can't make it happen either. All you can do is stay alive to the Lord. Mean, means, Part of that just means be real. Like I said, I had a good cry with him. No problem. Cry with him. No problem, but don't disengage because he has not left you. So don't let that lie into your head. He is right with you no matter what you are going through. I, it, through your worst decisions, he's still with you. Because the last I heard is that nothing will separate us from the love of God. And that is an eternal word. Nothing will separate you from the love of God. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to take communion tonight. How are we doing on time? Oh, we're good. We're going to take communion tonight, and, and, and we're going to do it in a special way we 've done it like this before, but not ever in this building. Um, in just a moment i 'm going to have you get up and we 're going to stand in a big circle around the outside. Now, we might be a little crowded because there 's not the parameters aren 't huge here, but that 's okay. We like each other, okay, we like each other um, and this is what 's going to happen is we 're going to have um, there's teams of three that's going to be in a couple different places around the room that are going to kind of make their way along the circle. Excuse me. And they're going to have, one's going to have a cup with juice, one's going to have bread. So you take a piece of the bread that's already cut, and you're going to dip it in, and you're going to eat it. They're going to serve you communion. But I'm not sure if it's before or after, but someone also going to anoint your head with oil. It's going to be a third person. Because in the next couple days, we're starting Passover, this is Jesus' triumphal entry time, King of Kings time. And I want you to remember, just like we read in Revelation, that you are a line of kings and priests. You are already anointed as such. We're just reminding you. In fact, really, that's what communion's all about. It's, it's God saying, remember. It's so much better than you're remembering. Remember how good this is. Jesus took your sin. Death has passed over you. You've already, Colossians chapter 1 says you've already crossed over from death to life. You already have the moment you said yes to Jesus. And But also the reason why we want to take it in a group is because there's something extra special uh, about it. It feels very different than when you come up individually. That's a great thing because it is, it is about you and Jesus and your walk with him. But as I said earlier, it's all about each other as well and that we carry Jesus. When we're looking in each other's eyes, we're looking into the eyes of Jesus. You you just have to look and see with his eyes. And so um, that's what we want to do tonight. I I want to say this at the very end. At the very end, I want to encourage you, because some of you need need prayer tonight. And tonight we're not going to use, we're not going to use our prayer teams. I, I want you to be available to pray with each other. And now, some of you are a like guy going, oh, no, don't pick me. Don't, don't anyone ask me because I don't know how to pray. I'm going to teach. It's really simple. Um, you listen to what it is they need, and you say, Jesus, would you do that? And and if it's healing, you could you have the authority to speak to whatever it is. They've got a bad back. Bad back, be healed in Jesus' name. When you look at his prayers, Jesus' prayers, they were really simple, one-liners. Often we pray and pray and pray and pray and pray because we don't want to know if anything really happened or not. Um, And I'm going to be super honest with you as well. Last week, how many of you were here last week? Let me just see hands. So gosh, a good two-thirds of you at least. Jim Paul was here. The glory of God was so thick I I couldn't even announce him hardly. I couldn't even hardly talk. He gets up, he shares a couple minutes, and then he says, I can't preach. And I said from the front row, I said, I know what you mean. I mean, we I couldn't do anything. His presence was so thick. And then he has people come up, and they got, and a bunch of people got healed, and a bunch of people were set free even from a, you know, a suicidal you know, attack on them, and all kinds of deep things happened. How many of you feel like last week you, you were significantly touched by God? Just, let me just see. How many of you feel like you were healed of something? Look at that. Is it like at least 10 hands up? That's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Now, for those of you who, who walked away and you're like, well, I didn't experience that. See, that's one of the reasons we shy away from praying for healing because we don't want people to be disappointed. And if the truth be known, I don't want to be disappointed. I have seen hundreds of miracles in my life, hundreds. I have, I, I'm not exaggerating. When I see I've, I've seen cancer disappear. I have seen blind eyes open. I have seen deaf ears open. I have seen um, paralyzed man get up and walk. I, I have seen these things. And yet, I. I can still shy away from praying for people because I don't want to be disappointed and I don't want them disappointed. But what is that? Where did that come from? There's something... Making its way in. The enemy's trying to say, don't go there, don't go there. But let me, here we keep talking about revival and the harvest. I'm going to tell you something. Not only, not only the signs in the sky, but signs and wonders and healing right here are going to explode. We keep saying that. But I want to I challenge you for a minute. It can't be a Jim Paul that comes and stirs it all up. It's got to be us. Where's, where's body? And it can't be all of you looking at me and the elders. It's It's all y'all, if you're from Texas, it's all y'all. And so I, I'm i throwing that out there. This is what I want to say is we can be honest about it. We can be honest about we don't like to be disappointed, but that doesn't take away the mandate Jesus gave us to go and to heal and to set people free. And so I want to speak courage back into each one of you. Some of you said, well, I have prayed and prayed and prayed, and I haven't seen anyone healed. You remember Heidi Baker? She prayed for like, 100 blind eyes before she saw the first one open. There's so many stories like that. Keep going, keep going. Keep going. And keep receiving prayer if you need it. Okay? All right. So at the end of our communion time, I just want us to be able, if you need prayer, I promise you you probably only have to ask maybe three people at most, two people hopefully, before you get one that says, yeah, I'll pray for you. Probably the first person you ask will, will do that. So, um, OK, I, w- I want to do this without chaos, if possible. <laughs> so So this is what I'm asking. Would everybody you can leave your stuff because this is going to be like a, this is going to be like a 10, 15-minute thing. It's not going to be an hour-long thing, I promise. And then you can get your stuff and go. So get up, go around to the outside of the room. Some of you are going to have to come up here. you're going to have to stand shoulder to shoulder because there's not a ton of room.